Hey, my name is Calvin. My name is Kevin. And I'm Jules. And this is Martial Art Mindset, and we're excited to have Jules here. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, incredible martial artist. I've gotten to shoot some some stuff with you. And uh, This is actually the first night that I'm meeting her, so nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to do your exercises earlier. Workout. But we had prior history. Oh. It, it was only mm. fair for it to be. That I was tortured, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the next one. So go ahead, uh, introduce yourself. Tell a little bit about yourself, and then we'll find the questions there. Yeah, so um, my name is Juliana Anais Ramos Ortiz. So you guys remember the the show Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Mm-hmm. Um, Esteban Della Matona. <laughs> I feel like that's what I sound like whenever I say my full name. It is the most Hispanic name you could. But anyways, uh Hence why I just go by Jules. I feel like it's so much easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel also like Karate Jules has just been thrown out here and there. Like I love when I walk into a place and people are like, you Karate Jules. I'm like, yeah, like in, in my head, that is an appropriate name. <laughs> but um, <laughs> That's actually how I saw you because I, I, I saw you at the Battle of Atlanta. I think it was 20... 21? 21? 21. 21. 21. Yeah, and I was like, I took it because you were doing a sidekick. Oh, like, I look, love look that. at this chicken, the hills over here. And, I was like, <laughs> and then I showed uh, Jason, Mr. Croom's video over here, and he was like, hey, that's Karate Jules. <laughs> so there you go. The name Karate Jules <laughs> follows yeah, you everywhere. I love that. So, yeah, actually, that is how we met. Mm-hmm. I, I just recently reposted that video mm-hmm. and you sent it to me again. And I was like, oh my gosh, the memes. Like, that is when we, <laughs> that is really s- small, big world to the martial arts is, mm-hmm. which is, it's beautiful. Um, but I was, I'm Puerto Rican, but I was born and raised in Miami. And then I lived in Orlando for a little bit, and then I moved to Knoxville. Then mm-hmm. I was in Nashville, well, Franklin, mm-hmm. south of Nashville, um, for a little bit. And then I moved to Cumming, Georgia. Mm. That's up north. Yes. And then now I just moved uh, down more towards the city because of work. It's just Ooh. makes a lot more sense. Yes, and sense. work, we'll be asking you about that. But first, like, starting martial arts. What yeah, is- how'd you get started? That's that. I know I'm interested. How do you get started? And then how long have you been doing it? For sure. Okay, so my parents are my instructors. So I was basically born on the mats. Uh, my parents uh, had karate schools before me. And then when my dad found out that my mom was pregnant with me, they closed down the karate school because they wanted to spend down, as much mm-hmm. time as they possibly could raising me. Um, but obviously that didn't last very long. And also all my uncles had karate schools, so mm. they knew that I would still have the martial arts in my life. Uh, but yeah, I was basically born on the mats. I started uh, really taking classes when I was three, and I've been in love ever since. But when I started when I was three, <laughs> I started when I was three, I loved it. I have pictures and mm. like doing like uh, the scrimmage tournaments and like the bopper <laughs> sparring and all that stuff and breaking boards with my parents. I love those memories. I can actually tap into those. Like I remember wow. being wow, super young, like three or four and like at the karate school doing it. That's how I know it's my passion. Why like, do you it, think that is? You remember those? Cause yeah, I don't cause think many people that, remember. Wow, I don't is. remember three. What? I think I was like, yeah, like my, f- I remember four year old, four year old me at my uncle's karate school, Better Families Through Taekwondo on Bird Road in Miami. Um, and I remember I 
remember what it smells like. I remember what it looks like. I remember seeing the lineup of the other kids, like getting ready to compete in our little like ring that was made out of blue painter's (laughs) tape. Um, But yeah, I I started when I was three and I stopped when I was about five, five and a half. Mm -hmm. Kindergarten peer pressure. Oh yeah, the, all the girls were like, oh, "Well, that's... karate is a boy's oh, sport. Right. You can't do karate. You have to do dance and gymnastics mm. and cheerleading and softball and soccer and all these other things. But you can't do karate because that's a boy sport." Oh, and I was like, "Fair enough. I will stop." And so I tried every other sport in the book, um, and nothing ever clicked or filled my cup the way that martial arts did. So when I was eight years old, my dad came up to me again, and he was like, hey, I'm going to open up another karate school again, and uh, I'm going to go train at your uncle's karate school. If you want to come with me, you can. They never pushed me, which was beautiful. They didn't want me to get burnt out. Um or for me to do it for them. So my dad came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm going to start training again. Do you want to come? And I was like, yes, please. Like a puppy. <laughs> for sure. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Take me. I can't do this damn stuff no more. I can't. I don't, I don't got no rhythm. I got two left feet. Take me back. And so I end up at my uncle's karate school and I start training again. Um, and it was magic. I remember my first day again as a white belt again. Mm. And I remember my dad giving me my first stripe, which was for a three-count front kick. And I remember the stripe. I remember I got my yellow stripe and my blue stripe that same day. And it was just beautiful. Um, and then from there, I did it nonstop ever since. I eat, leave, live, breathed martial arts. I had gotten bit by the karate bug and I had mm. karate fever and that's all I wanted to do. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's really amazing to see like someone choose something for their life and do that the whole time despite somebody trying to take you another direction. Oh, and you sure. stuck with it. So And that doesn't just stop at kindergarten peer pressure. I feel mm-hmm. like we get pulled in these different directions like hey adulting like when are you going to like Pick a career. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, true, like, what are you going to do for life, for so real? So, career. <laughs> oh, yeah, before we do that, though, we actually had sisters that did, that did martial arts, too. So, like, it's run all through our family. Yeah. So, like, this is kind of similar to how you're, like, your family, mm-hmm. uh, our immediate family, all of them have black belts. So. Mm-hmm. Isn't that such a good <laughs> feeling? Like, yeah. I love saying, when people ask me, like, oh, like, how are your parents? Or, like, what are your parents like? I'm like, oh, they're black belts. They, <laughs> they're my instructors. You know, like, I, I love growing up in that martial mm-hmm. arts environment. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. Now, back to the work you were about to yeah, say. Yeah, I was going to ask, you are talking about careers. Mm-hmm. So, what, before, because you, you're known for a lot of things, what was the first thing you were thinking of, like, when you were younger, was you going to do for a career? So, <clears throat> I actually remember being in, like, fifth grade. Um, I, I I grew up in a private school, and it was a very small Christian Baptist private school. And I remember in like fifth grade, sixth grade, being in the car with my mom and telling her, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to have a karate school like you and dad have, and I'm going to have karate schools. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And she was like, well, you know, you're young, and you, you, you can say that now, and absolutely, we support it. 
passion comes first. Um, so yeah, but also there's time to change your mind. Like if you do want to go to college Mm -hmm. and I remember telling my dad and he was like, yep. And if you change your mind and you do want to go to college, we're not going to be mad at you for it. But if you want to do this also, that's what we do this for. Like my dad was very clear, like everything that I build is to eventually give to you. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you say you want it means everything to me. Mm -hmm. And then he proceeded to basically kick me out of his karate school. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was like a purple belt, blue belt, he was like, and off you go to go train at your uncle's karate school because he saw how passionate I was about the martial Mm -hmm. arts that he didn't want me to get burnt out or Mm -hmm. to change my mind because, oh, I'm doing this for my parents. Mm -hmm. So when I was like purple, blue belt, he like sent me off and like sent me to my uncle, Grandmaster Diego Perez, which I owe so much to and I hold so dear and close to me and his wife, um, we called her Mrs. Master, uh, but <laughs> Master Mary Beth Clock Perez, and she was amazing, and they they really took me under, and yeah, my dad just made sure, he was like, I'm building this for you, and she's really excited about it, so I'm going to put mm. you in, th- in their hands, so that way I am not a part of your burnout, and you do want to continue to do this. Dang, I wow. wish our dad did that. <laughs> I know our dad, our was, dad was in the military, and he's like, drill sergeant, he's... You gotta do this. You, you don't do have a choice. Shit, do that. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, the fact that you're, what I'm hearing is very big and important for what your family did is support you the whole time. And they were realistic to you about it. Mm-hmm. And they cultivated exactly what you needed and what you wanted. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? And the fact that your dad stopped to take you out of his school. Mm-hmm. to make sure that it's what you wanted. That's like, dang, your family That's is very conscious. Right like that. Mm-hmm. How else are you going to have but to grow a great human being? So. I'm so eternally grateful for them. And um, something actually like super personal is like, they're such good parents. I almost feel unworthy of their love sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're so good to me. They're so good to everybody around me. Um, they like just have always pushed like hey passion comes first Mm -hmm. so whatever you're passionate about like where there is passion there's profit so if you're passionate about that pursue it like we're gonna support you if you have to come back home and live with us like we're always gonna be here and Mm -hmm. like they're so good and they give me my space and then they're there when I need them um that like sometimes I do feel like oh my goodness what did I do to get like the greatest parents like they really are the I, I hit the jackpot. Like I'm mm. so fortunate to have landed in their That's in their arms. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm gl- I'm sure when they hear this, they're gonna cry. Their hearts. Yeah, they are. are. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure they will. <laughs> Especially my mom. My mom is so sweet, and she she cries for everything. I love it. It's where I get it from. <laughs> I'll tear up too. You see that, mama? <laughs> <laughs> so, can you talk a little bit about competition? Yeah. Yeah, because it was. I'm sure you were um, training. Um, and then you probably started, what was the next step you teach and then competition or was it competition? So have, what was the steps you took? Definitely. So, um, as soon as I landed at my uncle's karate school, I was like, oh, competition team. What's that? <laughs> That's so cool. They have black and white uniforms <laughs> and they've got like stripes and patches and all the cool stuff. I want to be like them. And so that was like one of the first things I did. Um, I got in with the competition team. I started training and then I started competing in a circuit in 
Florida called Kick USA, mm -hmm. and I started there. Uh, that was run by David Scalari, Dave Scalari, and he was just, he was amazing. He really, like, saw me and, like, watched me grow and as a competitor, and he really pushed me to go on and do more with the competition stuff, too. I remember I started competing. My first competition ever was in Cocoa Beach, and I got third place, um, and I was hooked. Like, I was like, I want nothing else. I want to train competition. I want to do forms. I want to do all of it all the time. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually a few years after that, once I got um, around to black belt, I actually was in a really rough car accident um, mm -hmm. that put a lot of injuries on my spine. Mm -hmm. And I was told that I was, I was potentially not going to walk again. And then once they did like this, really expensive MRI scan. Um, mm. I think it was like a 3D MRI or something like mm. that. They saw that I actually, it wasn't broken like they thought it no. was or like mm. it was just like a chip or something like that. And so they uh, said I could go to physical therapy, but I probably was never going to do martial arts again. And I went through this horrible depression. I remember being on the hospital bed looking at my mom and I couldn't even get word, like, form full sentences. I was on, um, what's that really strong? Um, um, morphine. Morphine. So I was on. <laughs> uh, another M1. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. Jeez. I was in a hospital. <laughs> you never know. Drugs from so somewhere. <laughs> so I was on morphine, that M drug. And um, I remember looking over at my mom. After they told me that I was never gonna, that I should get used to the thought of never doing martial arts again, mm. and I would try to tell my mom I'm so sad, but I couldn't finish this sentence. Mm. I remember looking at my mom and saying I'm so, and I would just break down. Um, and then after that, I did physical therapy for quite a bit. Um, Luckily, physical therapy was right next to my uncle's karate school, so I ended up right back there after mm -hmm. each physical therapy session. I would start to train little by little what I could. Mm -hmm. And I remember being asked, like, hey, are you going to consider competing again? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going hard. Like, I'm not going back to Kick USA, which was the local, regional, like, Florida State mm. uh, tournament circuit. I was like, I'm going to start competing in NASCAR, mm -hmm. which is the North American Sport Karate Association, which is that, that, it's that yeah, league it's that. Uh -huh. when it comes it's to sport karate. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going, and I'm going hard. Uh, mm -hmm. So I asked my parents, like, if they were willing to, and they were like, yeah, we will financially, mentally, physically spiritually support you in any way that we can if that's what your dream is like we're gonna make it happen mm -hmm. and so i started competing in nasca um and very qu quickly uh, climbed that ladder i mean i started even though i had a really great form the judges would put me finalist oh, like there was wow. no way they would give me a good score and then i just mm. drilled at it i stayed consistent that mm. consistency yeah. um until they, it was undeniable it was like mm. okay she's showing up and she's 
she's earned it. She so then I finally thing. started to climb that ladder. That's why I say climb that ladder. Mm. NASCAR is very good at weeding out who the champions are going to be. Mm-hmm. They they do a very good job at being like, okay, who's consistently showing up? Like mm. this isn't a fluke. They didn't have a good showing. Like this person is a champion through and through. Mm. So it leads me to a question. When you were first, if you can go back, NASCAR, your very first competition with them, what what was going on in your mind? What was going on in your body? How were you feeling after you got the results? How did you respond? Like, because I, I can oh tell a gosh. quick story real quick. Like, uh, we were actually we actually ran track <laughs> and made it all the way to the state track meet. Um, I was in the last heat, so like the fastest of the fastest, um, running this eight hundred. I remember we both were there. We were oh doing the warm up, getting height. Oh yeah, height. It was Gulf Shores, Alabama. Heard that gun go off. Bam. Last place. <laughs> Dead last place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just remember how humiliating that was, but also humbling it was. So, I don't know how it was for you when you did your first competition, but what is like, what was that like for you with NASCAR? So, I was fortunate enough to grow up in Miami. So, we had two NASCAR tournaments a year that were in Florida mm-hmm. that were very easily accessible mm-hmm. since I was a child. Mm-hmm. So, since I, or since I started competing, which was around, like, 10 years old. So um, I would go to Pan Am's and U.S. Open every year religiously. And then as I started to get older, I started to go to Dixieland and Battle of Atlanta as well. So like we were just like staying in that southeast region. Um, but when I started to do NASCA full on, like when I was like, okay, I'm chasing points. I'm going to do the full year, like the full season. Mm-hmm. That first one was at Battle of Atlanta, actually. Kind of comes full circle. That was always my favorite tournament. And now I live in Atlanta. Um, I remember... I, I remember being nervous, but I don't... I don't think I had a lot of pressure on myself. I knew that my goal after my injuries was to just show up. Mm. Just show up for myself so that I, I could prove to myself like it doesn't matter what the doctors said or what those limitations that I thought at one point like here I am showing up doing something that I always wanted to do but I didn't think I was going to do and because I was given a second chance after that car accident like I didn't didn't have a ton of pressure I just Mm -hmm. wanted to show up Mm -hmm. um so obviously I was nervous I, I shake when I'm nervous so I remember shaking my mom would make sure I had snacks and always have water and iron my uniform so everything was pleated and nice and I was just ready I was excited I think more than anything I was excited I remember uh like the direction of the ring and everything and stepping off of it and looking at my mom and being like I did that like I didn't I didn't fumble I didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't lose my balance on my stances like I did that Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what the score was. I think I got like maybe fifth, sixth, seventh place, something mm-hmm. like that. One of the finalists. Mm-hmm. Um, and like coming out and being like, I wasn't last. That's, that's what's big. up. Yeah, that's big. That's what's up. You know, shut up. <laughs> I like thought I had a broken back. Thought I was <laughs> never going to compete. Mm-hmm. Thought I was never going to walk. Thought I was never mm-hmm. going to do what I love to do most. And here I am, not last. Mm. There wow. it is right there. <laughs> there it's, it's crazy because I was going to ask you because I saw you were holding back tears earlier when you were talking about you trying to form that sentence mm-hmm. to your mom. Like, what 
did that feel like? Because I feel like there's people that's that's been in that position and don't know how to get out of that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a that's a dark hole. Um, you go I, as far as you. No, I'm I'm an open book. I feel totally happy to talk about it and hopefully my experience can help someone um through theirs but it really just felt helpless like there there was no point in anything there wasn't a point in me getting uh, better because I still wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do um it didn't feel like you know, it didn't feel real almost. Like I was, I remember thinking like, when am I going to wake up? When am I going to wake up? This is a bad dream. When am I going to wake up? Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at my mom and looking at the board because they had me getting ready to go into spine surgery, uh, into whatever it was that they were going to do on my back. And so the note on the board said, uh, not a drop of water, not a crumb of food, like no food, no drink. Because I was really hungry and I couldn't have anything for three days to prepare me to go into surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember like somebody walking by with Subway or my mom had like come back in from eating. And I remember thinking like, wow, I can't even eat. I can't drink water. I'm not going to be able to do martial arts. Like it felt like nothing. Um, But I remember just thinking like, okay, I just have to do whatever is next. So what's next? I have to wait for the doctors to come in. Okay, I need to wait for surgery. What if surgery goes well and I can do martial arts again? Or what if they're wrong? What if it? What if I can't? So it, it was always just that like, okay, get to that next step and then we'll figure it out. Get to the next step. Just take that next step and we'll figure it out. Take that next breath. All I need to work on is getting to that next breath and then I'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, I didn't want... I remember starting to get like an anxiety attack because I was thinking about like what was going to happen in the future. But I was like, why am I worried about something that might not ever be an actual issue? So kind of just bringing myself back to like, okay, we'll deal with it when it comes. What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. And then as we kept progressing and things kept getting better and physical therapy was going well and I saw progress, it was like, okay, I can do this. Okay, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to trick or do any of the flips but i can do this or Mm -hmm. what if oh my god i have a love for traditional forms Mm -hmm. like xma is what's popping and that's what everybody wants to do but i think i really love trad like Mm -hmm. i really love trad Mm -hmm. sword or i really love trad forms Mm -hmm. so like just dealing with things as they came and not worrying about like what was coming up in the future what i could or couldn't do in the future Beautiful. That that's, is really, yeah, that's really big. Finding that system where you felt like there wasn't one and something unprecedented that you experienced and you're like, what what do I do here? So, And I have to say, something so small being what has created the large. Like, So what I mean by that is sure. you're, you just started with just the next step. To climb a mountain, you have to just take the next step. And mm-hmm. you conquered that mountain, getting to where you need to. You know, and I guess we can move on to what are some other mountains that you have conquered Thanks. or are looking to or conquer? Or conquering now. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like mountains that I've had to conquer that involve the martial arts uh, is being and finding my feminine in the martial arts. I feel like that's always been – I've always – been in a man's world Mm -hmm. um even in the current world that i am now the like the career that i am in now which is yeah what is that uh 
it's the action industry. So we're in, we're talking stunts, um, the film industry, but the stunt side. So, um, how long you been doing that? Like, when did you start? How long you been doing it? What, what, what piqued your interest? Because you yeah. were doing competitions, and of course, I know how that can help. But like, what so, led into it? So crazy. Funny enough, I remember being in uh, in high school. I believe ninth grade. Um, I've always been a goals person. So like I always have really big goals and then I work backwards from there. I'll have like this massive goal and then I'll be like, all right, what do I need to do that are also massive goals to get there? Yeah. And then I'll break down each one of those even two big goals into smaller little goals and then find the steps Mm. to achieve them. So Mm. I remember being in high school, ninth grade, um, musical theater and being like, oh my God, I love this. And I had a phenomenal uh, musical theater teacher, Arielis Arca, and she was phenomenal. And she really helped me find like places or like spots for me that involved like physical things. Mm. So like jumping rope and like singing and dancing and acting, Mm. um, uh, playing Brooke Windham in Legally Blonde, the musical. So, like, finding a way to incorporate, like, those athletic things with, uh, you know, in in the entertainment industry. Mm. And so, um, after being super involved in theater, I still had a love for the martial arts, and I got in the car one time with my dad, and I told him, I was like, well, what if, going back on my word, I don't open up a karate school with a curriculum per se what if i go to college and i get a bfa in acting and drama and then i open up a warehouse style karate school like yours but we blend like martial arts and the athletic stuff Mm -hmm. with like theater and acting Mm -hmm. and obviously i hadn't like put it together that that is stunts <laughs> but in my head i was like what if we blend the two that's so innovative <laughs> so, no that's great and what is what's your uh what your story is reminding me of is that if you keep seeking you're gonna find that gap that you fill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're gonna find where you fit into whatever it is no matter what's happened to you so like imagine all the people that just stop mm. whatever they're doing and talking about fitting in have you ever had issues? Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, trying to fit in just wherever you are in your life. And I wanted people to with entertainment industry, even with other martial artists, like, as a woman in the industry too. Because mm-hmm. you know, I know those that by itself. Now I have more questions with that, but like, what are? Yeah. So, um, definitely, fitting in has never been an issue that I find to be an issue because I've never wanted to fit in. Mm. I always go out of my way to be unique. I go out of my way to do things different, Mm. um, to go against the grain, to try and change the status quo. Um, I really have always wanted to be unique. So like fitting in has never been an issue. If, um, so for example, I had purple hair for like 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. I had purple hair because Everybody else has normal hair color, so <laughs> how do I stand out? But also reverting back to answering like that female in the martial arts mm. is like there's not much I get to control being a female in the martial arts. I'm in a room full of men. We're all in the same baggy geese, <laughs> and we all kind of just are fitting in. Like we're all one and the same in there. But like 
I still want to be female and feminine. And so I would, I would do like when I was a kid, I would do glitter eyeliner. I would control the things that I could control. Mm -hmm. I can't change what I'm wearing. I can't change the form that I'm doing. I can't change what a kick is. But the things that I can control are the colors of my toenails. I can change my nails. I can dye my hair. I can wear a bow. I can wear big, bright (laughs) bows to karate class. Where I glitter eyeliner. However, I I could be different. That's what I wanted. so I feel like in my whole life fitting in has not really been an issue because I've never wanted to. That is great. Incredible answer there. Mm, yeah. That was, I hope that helps with all the... <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's writing my script, good job script. That's great. That's great. That's great. They're loving it. Whoever's in your ear right now. <laughs> They're loving it. They're eating it up. <laughs> no, that's great because I hope that helps inspire some, uh, some young ladies. Mm-hmm. women to be able to express themselves in the ways that they can control mm-hmm. because like you said you're finding femininity like where can you find that um and it's a balance that you're comfortable with yeah like mm-hmm. so find what you can control change those things and that's how you can express yourself is what Absolutely. i'm saying oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so wrapping up here just ask a couple more questions whatever you think of and then if you have any random questions i had this question that i oh. thought that i had okay so okay. uh I want to like kind of see where your mind was when you first, okay, let's say your first competition to whatever the last project is that you did. What was your mindset? Project or competition? Project or competition. Because, okay, here's, okay, it's kind of a two-part question. Mm -hmm. Say the first part. What are the, uh, what are things that are the same and different when it comes to competition and acting stunts? Hmm, okay. Uh... So something that I've learned that both on that level, that high level of athleticism require is you, you have to be nervous. Hmm. When you stop feeling nerves, when you stop feeling that little bit of anxiousness, that's when you get hurt. Or hmm. that's when things, that's, that's when you stop being that high level athlete you need that adrenaline that mm-hmm. runs through you before you compete I, I that little nervous the night before where you can't sleep or you don't want to eat breakfast to the day of and getting ringside and seeing everybody line up and it's like oh my god okay we're here is the same respect that you have when you're doing a gag or a stunt on set um or sometimes we know what the task is and sometimes we don't sometimes we get uh, i'll get a text that says hey are you available to work these days and I'm like yep and then I show up to set with the big bag because I don't know what I'm doing that day and mm-hmm. then it could be something as simple as like you're running over there mm-hmm. or I get there and they're like put on your harness you're getting thrown through that glass table or, or through that glass window or you're going to hit the ground here and then they're going to pick you up and they're gonna throw you over there you don't know mm-hmm. so having that little bit of nerves is the level of respect that you show to what it is that you're doing. Because when you don't approach some of these gags, you show up to do a car hit for work and you kind of are just like, if you don't feel any nerves, you lose that respect Mm -hmm. for what You get a little too comfortable. Yeah, you get a little too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, injuries or setbacks or you don't perform as well. You need that little oomph in there. Mm -hmm. You need the adrenaline. So Mm -hmm. um, when I first started competing always had baseline nerves 
but nothing too crazy. I was never the one to like be throwing up before competition. Mm-hmm. And then same thing now, like I'll show up, I'm excited for work, uh, I know what the gag is. All right, let's get ready. Let's do it. <laughs> I know what to do. I know. I know my body awareness, but mm-hmm. so you know, where do you get all this still. confidence from? Um, I feel like it comes from keeping promises to myself. Like, mm. I promise you are not going to get hurt on this. Why? Because you know how to fall. Okay, cool. I'm happy to throw this I'm confident to throw this wreck um, or I'm happy to take this fall because I have kept enough promises to myself I've said you're not going to get hurt you know how to fall I've practiced my break falls a million times oh, so training makes a difference oh, wait, training? oh wait, what? Training. Yeah. yeah I didn't want to say that hold on <laughs> no. hold on Go on. you're taking it too far sorry sorry training has nothing to do with this no it doesn't no. I don't train ever oh never don't train. That's the secret. Don't train, guys. I'm kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> Training is key. Training and, like, keeping promises to yourself, I feel like, are the best way. So I promise uh, I'm going to show up for myself. Or, like, at, hey, tomorrow at 9.30 a.m., you're going to go to the gym, whether you're tired, whether you like it or not. And then that's the inner voice that I'm having, that inner monologue. And then I keep that promise to myself, and I'm like, oh, I could do this on any given day because I've already done it. You know, I already proved to myself that I could do it. Showing up for myself and constantly proving to myself that I can do whatever I say I can do or I tell myself I can do, even if there's prior steps or training that comes along to earn that promise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I keep it, that like skyrockets Mm -hmm. my confidence. Mm -hmm. For sure. There you go, guys. Last question. Keep promises to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say. Promises. Yes. Last question, and then we'll finish up. If you were to solve a problem in the world, or issue in the world, and you had that mission, that personal mission, what is that? What would you say that is? Hmm. So when I was in college, I read um, Strengths Finders 2.0 by Galoop, and I remember writing my my personal uh, mission, vision, statement, and this sen- like the one sentence, the one-liner for my life is I exist to inspire. So I think that lead by example is what I grew up hearing through Junri Taekwondo mm-hmm. in his curriculum. And so that's kind of what I've lived by is I want to lead by example mm-hmm. and I exist to inspire. So I want to do the things that make other people say, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. Or, hey, like she went through that and she made it out. So any time that I've gone through something really horrible um even at my lowest lows even in my deepest and darkest holes I will sit there and I like the thing that goes through my head is well if I don't go through this now how am I going to help somebody that comes up to me and asks me how to go Mm. through this similar situation so I feel like everything that I go through I acquire skills or knowledge or wisdom that eventually I can inspire somebody else to get through it as well so I feel like if we all lived to lead by example or to acquire uh, something that we could eventually give to others and help 
in turn make their life better um I feel like we 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 have a better place to live I feel like it's not to be selfish we should be self-centered not selfish so we think about how we can be better for ourselves and how we can do things to grow ourselves to then be selfless and mm. be more for others. So um, living. Be able to fill, in your cup, fill your cup up to fill others up. 100%. You can't fill other people's cup if your cup is empty. And sometimes rest is productive. There's somebody really important in my life. Yeah, I know. I just recently started to learn about that. But there's somebody um, really important in my life that um, reminds me a lot of the moon. And they... I think one of the most valuable things that they taught me was that we go through phases of emptiness to feel full again, and that's okay. Mm. And that as long as we ride the waves and we show up for ourselves, like we really get in tune with ourselves, we can sit there in bed. At the end of the day, it's just you and the universe, and whatever you did that day, you're you're growing you're going somewhere and so it all adds up and as long as we have that hey one day i can give back because of what i've been through Mm. or we lead or live by example i think that this world would be a better place beautiful thank you for sharing Mm. that i appreciate it yeah. Thank yeah. you again for no, thank for you for having me. Super excited. Um, oh, we actually I wanted to say this. Uh, we actually had a friend that we grew up with in Alabama. Her name is Juliana. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Juliana. We used to hang out with her after school, just randomly. Like, so it's cool to be able to interview meet you. another yeah, Juliana. Juliana. <laughs> What's up, Juliana? <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Juliana. <laughs> yeah. So there's Juliana, Jules. Yeah. Friday, Jules. Calvin. Kevin. And this has been Martial Art Mindset. Make sure you subscribe to and check out the next and look at the rest. Is there anything that people can find you on or like tags tag or clothes, things you want to Yeah, share? absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at karate.jules. Same thing for TikTok, karate.jules. Um, I should probably post more on YouTube, but I'm on there too. And I'm pretty sure it's. I mean, you just hit 100k. Oh yeah, you did just hit 100k. Thank you. Oh, hit the hit the hit the. uh, You got the claps on here. Oh, Oh, that's the wrong one. (laughs) You can't hear it, but yeah, he's got claps on here. He's applauding in the background. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, 100k. That is massive. I mean. I feel like I celebrate goals before I get to them, so I can already have another big goal set by the time that mm. I reach that goal. So I typically celebrate at 90%, and then by the time that I get to 100% of a goal, I'm already like to the on my one. way to the next one. That's manifestation powers yeah. right there. Right, 90%. So 90% I read that in a book. I wish I could tell you which book <laughs> it was from. It's not my own innovative idea. It is, I read a lot, and mm. I... That's how you build that mindset, right? Yeah. If I can recommend a book that really like changed my mind, Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Mm. I've read that book like four times now. It's like I read it and I learn something new every time. Mm. But um, definitely, I was not expecting to be near 100K, but when that became my goal and I hit 90%, I was at 90K. I was like, oh my God, this is, right that's, there. oh my God. Consistency, making all that content, doing all that stuff. So much more work than anybody ever thinks it is. 
hours. <laughs> hours. Of and how much do you get paid for? Um, it's totally different. Every month is different. Um, but there's some really good months, and then there's months where it's like, well, it's a good thing this is not my only source yeah. of income. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> That's a so, whole other thing. Yeah. Whole other thing. But definitely, I celebrated. I'm so grateful that you guys brought it back up because, again, if you are one of my 100K. Thank you so much. Your support means everything to me. I promise it is there and I feel it and I love you guys. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready. On to the next. Let's on go. To next. On to the next. So 200K? <laughs> One mil. One I was going to say, I, I feel like 200K is like too soon. I need oh, a bigger soon. goal. So like 500K, 500K and then a mil. You y'all know? hear that, like, y'all? 500K. And then we'll get to a mil. Or she'll get, get to a mil. All right, y'all. We can, I'm sure we can talk for a long time. Oh, sure. oh you know what? We didn't do Blind Buddy's Oh, we got to do that. Do that. So we do this mantra. Mm-hmm. And if you can just follow along. Uh, 100%. Mind, Body, Spirit is what our mantra is. And then just you want to lead it? Words. Yeah, I'll yeah. lead it. Well, he'll lead and right. then we'll just repeat after him. All right. Mind. Mind. Body. Body. Spirit. Spirit. I use my mind to think. I use my mind to think. I use my body to move. I use my body to move. And I use my spirit to spread love. And I use my spirit to spread love. Thank you all for being here and our love of martial arts and her love of martial arts. Thanks. I want to do the mantra. Oh. I didn't know when I was supposed to Oh, we were to like, let's go. go. Okay, let's all right. All right, cool. Again. So we'll all do it together. Here we go. <laughs> Rewind. Mm-hmm. All right. Mind. 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 Oh, sorry. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Together. Right. I, I didn't know how much was after that first. You right. Oh, yeah, you right. Think, yeah, it's all good. Just what Mind. Mind. Body. Body. Spirit. Spirit. I use my mind to think. I, I use, use my, my mind, mind to think. think. I use my body to move. I, I use my body, body to move. move. And I use my spirit to spread love. And I, I use, use my spirit, spirit to spread love. love. Thank you all. Yeah. We did Please. it. We did it. It's clapping right now. Yeah! With the clap. Yeah!